And now a message from our sponsor. Hey everybody, it's Bootleg Captain, Captain Bootlegs here. Yeah. If you're like me, I bet you're enjoying this Toys, Toys on, on Tap, Tap podcast. Yeah, I am enjoying it, it's very nice. But did you know you can enjoy it more just by joining that Patreon? Oh, I did not know that. There are so many cool perks available on the Patreon for you. There's and also and Wow, that's really a lot of stuff if you ask Bootleg Captain. Captain I don't bootleg. understand. There were noises I couldn't hear with the person. So join today to support Toys on Tap podcast and Bootleg Art Toys. But if you're not in a position to join the Patreon, head on over to Apple iTunes and review and subscribe. That helps out the channel as well. Okay, I'll go rate it, I guess. And remember, listen to Toys, Toys on, on Tap. Captain Bootleg, the bootleg captain sent you. Why does he keep referring to himself in the third Can person? I stop with the stupid voice now? I'm not sure why you made me want to sound like a pirate. Oh, so that was a fake voice. Oh, yucko! I didn't realize it was just pretend voice. Oh, okay. We good? Yep. Yeah, I just turned my Bluetooth off. Nice. There, okay, couple things. My favorite thing is when people, when they're, you're on your phone right now? Yeah, I'm using my phone. One of my favorite things is the faces that people make as they're adjusting their Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, you there? How's that working? Perfect. Great, great. Also, I reset <laughs> my camera on accident. You see all okay. the like weird crap on the bottom and the weird, yeah, I don't know what's going on. Looks cool. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a tech person, so this is now what we got going on. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm so stoked that you're on. I've been there's a couple people that relentlessly for weeks were like, So when did you schedule Healy Made? And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't yet. And they were like, Oh, I'll check back in in a week. And so oh, nice. you have yeah, a whole uh, party of people. Cool. Yeah. Fletcher was uh the one that mentioned it. And I was like, I was like, maybe. I was like, did he ask me earlier and I didn't do it? I couldn't remember, but I think, yeah, this is the first time we've been in touch. So, yeah, yeah I'm stoked. Before we do anything, do you want to introduce yourself for everyone? Yeah, sure. I'm David Healy, uh, Healy Made. And uh, yeah, I'm the make figures and I live in New York. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I guess we'll get into the rest. <laughs> yeah, I want to dive into all the way in the beginning. Okay. I want to figure out like what the toy scene was like because you're one of the beginning people, right? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, in terms of what the scenes become now, you know, yeah. and stuff like that, and spilled off. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's been people making their own figures forever, you yeah. know. Um, but in terms of yeah, like the the foundation of the scene now, you know, or in the the DIY scene, the indie scene, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I started. You know, I was a model builder, Yeah. you know, and I, you know, obviously I love toys growing up. Everybody loves toys. I, I got into models, which seemed like it was a little less people that were playing with GI Joes, like went on to that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I was just really into that. And then I took a break from all that in high school and, you know, played sports and tried to be cool and all that stuff. Yeah. And then, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it, it kind of worked, but, uh, <laughs> I went to college for like graphic design. Like I didn't take art or anything. I took, um like drafting classes, industrial, like design stuff. Yeah. But uh, failed out of college, just party too hard. Um, like making shit and how, like always was into Halloween. Like it was like all that stuff. I kind of hung on to being creative. And then I actually got back into model building right before I moved. I'm from Jersey originally. Yeah. And right before I moved into Manhattan, I had bought a model kit at an old hobby shop. And I was like, oh man, I still, I still got this. And I still really like, like yeah. it, you know? 
And then once I got to New York, they had hobby shops. At the time, they had a lot of them. So I went there, bought like, you know, some German World War II model kits and stuff. And then I was just like, I think I should like not build the kits. Like I should do something different with them, you know? So I just started like kit bashing, you know, and just designing characters. And that's kind of what started everything. Um, Well, for like you, you talk about kit bashing those kits. Mm -hmm. I hated those model kits Mm because I like I couldn't ever figure out how to get the pieces. So you're taking multiple models and kit bashing them together or like with toys. How's that working? Yeah. At first I was strict and it was like it had to be a model kit. It had to be and it couldn't be science fiction. It had to be something that was had existed. You know, had all these concepts about like all these things are real. Mm -hmm. So it's like we've created these things as humans and then like what I'm doing is taking these pieces and then making up these other like, you know, mechanized suits and just totally different characters. There was a lot of like, you know, it was stuff that other people had done in the past or how you did Star Wars or how you yeah. designed for like Kamen Rider and stuff like that. But I wasn't really, I was just doing my own thing, you know, but it was in line. I mean, I knew they could bash Star Wars, you know, like the Millennium Falcon and all that stuff, but it wasn't like I was doing it because of that. It was just yeah. kind of, this is kind of fun. I would make like six figures at a time. So six different characters. And I tried to keep to like the chess, like archetypes, like yeah. have a king, a queen, a knight, a ro- you know, and I just would do that all one of a kind, you know, nowhere's near resin casting or anything like that, you know? And, um, yeah, I would do, just do different stuff like, like clump foliage. And those are the ones I sold first, which was, you know, I, I met Lev from Toy Tokyo and I was doing this stuff and I was like, I, I think I'd like to do this for a job, but I don't know, mm-hmm. like, can I design characters for video games? Or like, I just looked at it as design and not that I was actually producing the things that I would sell at that time. Yeah. You know? Um, and I met Lev at like Big Apple. He owns, he's the owner of Toy Tokyo. And uh, he had cool shit on his table. And I was just like, wow. He's like, God, come down to the store. So I went and checked out the store. It was amazing. And then within like a month, I was selling figures that I was hand making, no resin or anything like that. And and people were, were buying them. You know, they were like $10. I, each one took me like hours and hours to yeah. make, you know. <laughs> but it was cool. It was it was really, you know, it was like I just moved to the city and it was like, oh, this is really working, you know, like already. And yeah. little did I know, it, you know, 20 years later, it still feels like, oh, it's still getting better. You yeah. Know? It's like, <laughs> that's the thing. It's like every day I've, do, I've done this since then. Every day is just a little bit better, whether it's yeah. because I just thought of something new or you know, you're you're in a, a magazine or you get an album cover. All these little tiny things always was like, not. it's kind of like, this is it, you mm-hmm. know? And then it's like, it's not it. It's The whole thing is it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's an ongoing thing. So, um, yeah, so I was selling stuff like at Toy Tokyo. I think it was like 2002. And then I got a job working there. I used to wait tables and then got fired. And Lev's like, you yeah. want to work here? So that was cool. Like, just I was just like a stock boy kind of guy, you know, yeah. in my twenties, and just being around the scene. So, like, like meeting up and hanging out and being at parties with like Futura or Scene or Pete Fowler or James Jarvis, you know, yeah. was it was wild because this is the stuff that was coming in that we were selling, and it was cool. And then you realize that these guys are just like regular people, you know. Yeah. So uh, it was cool, you know. And then like you know, like Bill McMullen had 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 his toy you know he was a guy and obviously morgan and jk5 and stuff like that so it was cool it was a really cool scene back then there was like 
like 2003, 2004 was like really cool. And then it kind of got a little played out, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like everybody was trying to do something and everything was starting to look like everybody else's and stuff like that. This is before like resin really started happening, like tons of people doing resin. It was just yeah. like, it was like everybody was doing like, you know, like Tristan Eaton was doing the stuff with Kid Robot and like he had done the the Dunny and stuff like that. But it was small, you know, yeah. it was everybody knew everybody it was cool you know i remember going to a show at a life and it was jk5 show and it was his take on like hip-hop and star wars and it's technically the first time i think i saw morgan's work but it was morgan was working for jk5 just because morgan had learned how to cast from this guy called named charlie becker Mm -hmm. who taught him so it's just wild you know because it was like yeah i remember morgan before he like was really making his own stuff yeah. You know, and he was just doing, he was making stuff, but it was like, he did like window displays and we were in the train show. Like there was like a subway show that was really cool. And I remember seeing Morgan's, he said like old, like, you know, like actually current toys. That's what grossed me out about Morgan's early work <laughs> is that it was like, it was like nineties or like mesits and like, yeah. And then like writing fuck you and stuff. And I was like, who is this guy? You know? So it was interesting. It, yeah. I can always tell Lost. who's known him the longest by how they name him. Like I yeah. only know him as Sucklor, but you know him as Morgan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he used to just be that guy, and he knew me. It's really weird our relationship because I was just like, you know, I'd always have like weed, you know, yeah. and he would just know to hit me up. He didn't even like know my name, and then we had the relationship of hanging out, socializing at the shows. But then he didn't know that I was somebody who was making stuff, you oh, know, okay. like yeah. But um. Yeah, it was fun. It was super fun. I wish stuff was still like that, but everything's so different now. I guess it's, you know, you're talking like 20 years. Things change. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know? I, I have a, I want to step back a little bit. I have a couple of questions, but you said when you started out with models, you grew up, I'm assuming in like the heyday of toys. Yeah, I'm born so, in 77. So why models? Like, um, I think like, I don't know. There was a there was a hobby shop. I used to go to work with my dad. It was a family business. So like my, my grandmother was a secretary. My dad worked there. And she would just take me to a hobby shop. And I think my grandmother used to spoil me. So she was buying me stuff that I was probably too young for. Like to mm-hmm. me, a model kits of like, you know, 135th scale tanks and stuff. And I just did those. I was like kind of really young, too young to be doing it. Too young to be messing with glue and yeah. you know, enamel paint. But I just loved it, you know, yeah. and I really loved like the paint. The building was always like, let me rush and build it and so I can paint it, you know. And then, um, yeah, I, I was into it a lot. I, my Christmas list, I said, just get like squadron, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if you know, that's like a encircle stuff. And then yeah. just open boxes of like, you know, but a lot of like World War II German armor, you know, standard weird, weird stuff, you know. So, yeah, yeah I just loved it. Needs. Yeah, totally. I used to mow lawns and I'd get like 20 bucks and then just go to the hobby shop and buy a tank and then just build it that Saturday night because I had no social life, obviously, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Brought up a, a little snippet before we get into like your toy making, a little snippet where um, you said it started to like everyone's work started to look the same. What was that kind of like? Um, I was more referring to like, like yeah, like the like the success of like i guess cause you know because yeah. cause i mean i remember what cause would sell <clears throat> he would sell or he was producing his own not the medicom stuff but when he'd do stuff on his own that stuff used to just sit in the stock room because yeah. it was like yellow yellow and stuff so 
that Metacom, like the bear brick thing yeah. that caused that whole scene of like, I guess it's, I guess it's like urban vinyl, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of it is, is interesting. The early stuff, like the bounty hunter stuff from Japan and all that. But then everybody, I feel like was just like, and I, I understand it. It's like, if I were to play music, I'd want to play the Beatles. Yeah. You know what I mean? In terms of how I would get started. So it was a lot of that, but it was a lot of, I saw people just making repetitions of the bear brick, you mm-hmm. know, or, you know, something that like Michael Lau would do or something, you know? And it was like, there's my version of it. And it just seemed like, ugh, you know, because yeah. it was that thing, you know? And, and at the time, you know, I had all these designs, all one of a kind stuff, and I'd show people stuff. And like people with money, producers, and they would just kind of look and be like, you know, this isn't like what's going on right now. And it's cool. Like, I'm really interested in it. But guys like that, I think, are just looking at, I've got money. I want to invest in this thing, this scene. Mm-hmm. None of these artists have money to produce. So they would just come in, pay for the project and give the artist whatever, you know. But my stuff, they were just like, oh, it's really cool. But like, it's not like a hip hop skeleton, you know, yeah. or something like that, which was the thing at the time, you know. So I felt like there was a lot of that, you know, like, like to me, you know, yeah, there was just, and it wasn't what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. you know, like I actually designed some characters that were more simplified and like cool looking, you know, just for fun. And it was yeah. fun to do it, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do, you know, but yeah. And a lot of that stuff is like Pete Fowler to me is like great. And then there was like Pete Fowler spawned people that followed what he did and james mm-hmm. jarvis and people followed him and you know yeah it's interesting to to know like the original people and then see what comes after you know yeah. like toy tokyo you know working there 20 years ago like blind boxes were we were loving it yeah and it was wild because you know lev was getting them from japan i actually took a trip to japan back then with lev and it just blew my mind you know and you know we were all into like bathing ape and bounty hunter and it was just like over a decade before like everybody, the rest of the, everybody caught yeah. on to it outside of the city. So it's weird to see people spending $10 on boxes that they don't know what's inside because when people would come to the store back then, they'd be like, what are you out of your mind? Like, you don't know what you're getting, you know? And it was like, yeah. oh no, it's fun. You got to try it. You got to yeah. try it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I was lucky to work there. It was cool. You know, I was making like six yeah. bucks an hour. So, <laughs> Jeez. so how long, but, yeah. You work there, yeah. you're a part of these art scenes and this art shows and stuff. You encounter Morgan and all that stuff. At what point do you start to change your own toys They where you can start producing more, maybe dabbling in resin and casting? Um, that didn't happen for a while. Like okay. I was going for about a decade just making stuff on my own. Yeah. Small stuff, kit bashes. I have like vehicles, things that are just designs, you know, that are concepts. And I, I still look at them now and they kind of come current. But, um, and I wasn't messing with toys, really. Mm-hmm. I was, I wanted to mess with models. Um, and then my friend of my girlfriend's was like, oh, I had this old box of G.I. Joe guys. I know you make weird stuff. Here you go. And I was kind of like, and G.I. Joe and Star Wars. And I was like, oh, I love that stuff. I collect it, but I don't, yeah. I don't make stuff with it. But then his, um, his ex, X-Wing Luke, his brother had blown the head off of the firecracker, mm-hmm. you know, and then there was a torch in there. And I was like, uh, I put the torch head on it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting because it's like you wouldn't expect a head. You know who Torch is? From yeah, G.I. Joe. Yeah, like, and uh, it was it was like this Hesher version of a pilot, you yeah. know. And and it was just weird. And then 
I painted it and I painted it in like Metal Gear Solid colors. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's weird. Now it feels like it could be in Metal Gear Solid. So I was like, what if I just keep doing this? You know, this is no resin. This is all, you know, each one was handmade and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So then I did Anakin with the Destro head. I was just working out of this box, yeah. you know. And then I just was like, I got to keep doing this, you know. So for about a year or so, I made about 40 of them, you know. And then I had a show at Zaka where they just displayed them all. And it was all just Star Wars bodies, G.I. Joe heads. I think the show was in like 2006, mm-hmm. like early 2006. And um, and then I didn't start actually. I kept doing that. And then I started playing with toys. And yeah. so it would be like I did Rambo with Wizard of Oz heads. And then some of the G.I. Joe or some of the Star Wars heads that I had taken off became went on the wrestlers bodies mm. you know but these are all i was just doing additions yeah. one of a kind but like you know so i didn't i started to wonder about casting but it wasn't it seemed like something i wouldn't do mm-hmm. even though i had a studio at the time and everything yeah. I, just, I just was like ah, i think i think when you make molds like everything should be real smooth so i yeah. did these real slimy things that i made which are like the babas those were originally i was like i'm gonna learn how to make molds with these and then um I had other jobs. I only worked at Toy Tokyo maybe for about like a year and a half, mm-hmm. but I always stayed close, you know. And then I got a job uh, like working for a, an artist in stone. So it was like basically like stone carving, sanding, you know, polishing. Yeah. And one of the guys there, his name's Avor. Um, he was he had come from the toy like prototyping field, mm-hmm. you know. So he had a really good knowledge of of how to make molds and everything. So I showed him the figures. He's like, these are cool. Like, you should just make molds, you know, and make resin. And I was like, oh, okay. So one night I went to his place and he showed me how to make molds. And then that was kind of it, you know, ever since then. And then that was around like 2010. Mm -hmm. I started 2011, maybe I started casting resin, you know. So, and then that just blew everything open. We interrupted this broadcast of Toys on Top to bring you this. Meanwhile, in a galaxy of bootleg treasures. DOV2, we have engine failure! We almost crash land on DKE Toy Planet! Oh my! We're doomed! Wait! Salvation! Hooray! We're saved, DOV2! Limited edition custom artist made action figures and DKE Toys! Check out www.dkatoys.com for a full catalog. Hooray for custom action figures! DKE! Because then it was just like, I was selling one-of-a-kind things, you know? Like, I had done an album cover in 2004. Um, I was working with this conceptual artist. I was building these insanely detailed things, Mm -hmm. small. And then he was having them made in India by hand, like life-size. And then they were at Art Basel and stuff like that. So that's what, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, the in terms of selling my pieces for money, Mm the the highest sums i was getting was when i was working for somebody like in 2004 you know where he was paying me like a thousand dollars for each one because then he was you know having these massive things made and stuff so it's it's kind of interesting when you think about it you know like everyone's like art basil and i was like yeah like i've had work there before but it was like way before anybody even knew who i what who i was or before instagram and stuff like that so yeah uh, What's that um, feeling like getting a thousand dollars for these, like however small they are versus now we're not getting a thousand dollars for toys. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, it was that's how I could work at a toy store making six dollars an hour. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I would have like some of the cases that we would make for them, like yeah. would cost more than the actual things. And I was, you know, I was young. I was like, holy cow, like how much money does this guy have? You know, like yeah. I, I saw David Bowie in the guy's lobby, you know, so oh, just to give okay. you a, a, yeah, a feeling of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like the, the New York, the real New York art world, you know, yeah, um, and stuff like that. They, they exist somewhere, you know, they're actually made in resin too. They were hand sculpted in clay in India at a factory that makes the deity statues that they mm-hmm. float down the rivers and stuff like that. Just really wild shit, you know? Yeah. But, um, but it was good. I think not, ha- I always say like not having Instagram for the first decade was awesome. Yeah. Cause I just filled my studio and I had all the ideas that I'm using now, but I wasn't making them to take a picture of them. And I mm-hmm. think because of that, I spent more time on them and I could, I could just really enjoy them. And I wasn't worried about whether or not someone was going to buy one of them or 25 of them or 300 of them, you know? Yeah. So but, I think uh, that's the current dilemma making, I mean, there's the good part, like, Oh, I'm going to post this. So it needs to look really good. Mm-hmm. Then the dilemma is like, man, if people don't like this, I feel like shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. I still go through that. Like if something doesn't sell as quickly as I would, I'm like, People are like, I love this thing before I posted it. Yeah. And then people's reactions to it, like totally interpret the way you, or they can interpret the way you feel about it, yeah. you know? And I think it's kind of weird. And especially getting started now mm-hmm. and just looking around at everything. Like I don't follow anybody. Yeah. I'm the most, I'm, I'm a, I'll talk your ear off if, if I see you in person. I'm not trying to avoid anybody, but it's, I just find it so distracting. Mm-hmm. you know and it could just set you like oh i can't do that because of this or that you know and stuff and i feel it's like just pure most of the stuff that i use to do this either came from my past or it comes from like just walking around the city or seeing something like i think there's enough influence out there not looking at other people that are doing stuff similar you yeah. know i think it can, it can get and you know have i like maybe done something that somebody else was doing and I wasn't aware of it or something like that, probably because I'm not looking, but you know, yeah. like it's a weird thing. Uh, it really distracts me, you know, cause I'm interested in toys. So if someone's making something, I'm going to be focused on it. And if it's someone else's work, I feel like it gets sticky sometimes, you know, like, it yeah. can, you know, I remember making a couple things and then seeing someone else had already made it. And I was like, well, mm-hmm. this project's done. Like I immediately yeah. just felt so dis just i don't know just whatever like i hated it yeah even though they have, they really have nothing i mean yours wasn't based on that person because you did it already right. like um when i did the uh, the shaman figure you know which is the chewbacca with yeah. the it's a zartan mask that face and um i did it and i was like oh this is really cool because it was part of the gi joe star wars thing mm-hmm. that i started in whatever 2005 or whatever and I was like, oh, if I could do Chewbacca, like that would be cool, you know? And I, I figured it out. And then I saw, I think there was a woman doing like Chewbacca's that were like death metal Wookiees or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, just the fact that it was like something that was a sculpted face on it. I was like, oh, like it was way after. She might have done it before me, but I didn't see it till after. And I instantly was like, oh my God, people are going to think that I was looking at that. And, you yeah. know, you know e- even though, you know, I'm finishing something I started 15 years ago <laughs> or <Yeah>. whatever, <laughs> you know, so. When you uh, learned uh, molding, 
that guy takes you back and he's like, hey, this is how you do it. Mm-hmm. How much does that take over your life to begin with? Um, it was funny at first I was trying to like make it my own and I bought like black resin cause I thought that was cool. But then I yeah. realized it's, it's like super dense and it takes you forever to sand, you know, yeah. <laughs> like it was every step of it was enjoyable, you know, yeah. because I didn't, I didn't like, as soon as I learned how to cast, I wasn't buying like solar dust and glow in the dark. Like I really, I would just cast things solid black and then paint them. Mm-hmm. But it, it started to like, it was just fun, you know, and it was just kind of like, oh, wow, this works. And then I can I, basically I can price my work, you know, to sell. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that was the main thing because I had these ideas, you know, but I was like, I don't want to sell that. There's only one of them, you know, yeah. so I think that's what really. And then I got into the the actual like the chemistry of it and like the nature of resin and how you can use it for even more effects, you mm-hmm. know, and stuff like that and creating more of a almost like you know everyone likes looking at magic tricks so if you can do like resin allows you to do that just with the fact that it can be translucent you know Mm -hmm. or like when i first started marbling that was totally an accident you know like i I wasn't planning on doing it i just ran out and it's this thing and then it came out and i was like oh wow this is like super interesting yeah um and at the time i was carving stone that was like you know crazy striations of color and i still look at it and be like huh, like that's really cool when it's like a form that's solid, but what it's made up out of is just, you know, super disruptive and stuff like that. So yeah, um, all the jobs I have, I think kind of like always helped because the level of like meticulousness at the stone studio was just absurd mm-hmm. at how, how perfect everything had to be. So I think I realized like, oh, that that's a thing that you can achieve really, you know, yeah. and a lot of it is involved and not so much the time after, but the setup and stuff like that, like making sure your molds are like really good to go, you know, yeah. and your surfaces are really there. And don't skimp making the mold because it's just, you're going to have to do whatever that little thing is every time, unless you get it in the original, you know? Yeah. But Holy moly. So you, you start doing this and then I'm assuming you immediately go into runs and like are just constantly producing while you're also working other $6 yeah. an hour jobs. No, I mean, I was making more at the stone oh, place, but not, but you know, not even three times that, but you know, yeah. and this is, you know, this is uh, probably about 10 years later. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool. You know, I always sold stuff at Toy Tokyo, even in the beginning. So mm-hmm. I would put my resin at Toy Tokyo and I'd put resin at Kid Robot. And I just like, every once in a while I'd get like a text or something be like, Hey, it's piece sold. And I'd be like, sweet, 35 bucks. Like, nice. yeah, you know, like, but it, it really made a difference. And then I did an addition with, um, my plastic heart Mm -hmm. and it was it was a three and three quarter figure and then vin i was at work and he texted me he's like oh dude congratulations everything sold out and i was just like didn't it just didn't it just go for sale he's like yeah and then that was the moment where i was like oh boy you know like yeah okay i think i need to like start planning for this and then by 20 this is like 2011 i learned how to cast and then by 2013 i was on my own kind mm-hmm. of i left the job it was it's you know it was i was scared because you know at the time i was making you know like maybe like two grand a month at the job you mm-hmm. know which is okay i live in new york so it doesn't go very far but yeah. i was just like if i can just make that but then i was like how am i going to sell like 500 dollars worth of figures a week like it just didn't make sense that i could do it you know and I just don't pay attention to it and everything seems to work out and especially now you know everything is really great but early on 
you know, it'd be good. And then tax season would come around and I'd be like, Oh boy, like, yeah, like I don't shit. have, yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, I have to like, you know, I got to pay my taxes and monthly and stuff, but yeah. now it's, you know, I definitely learned to, to do it, but it's pretty incredible. I mean, the internet is and Instagram and the connection that you can have. Like I would never do a convention in New York anymore because it's like, there's like 10 people at the convention that, not only know who I am, but actually would want to buy something. Mm -hmm. That's a lot, you know? Yeah. Whereas, you know, I have a mailing list, I have a decent following, you know, and the, the internet just seems to be the way to do it. You know, I know conventions are exciting because you feel like you're, Hey, I got a booth and all that, you yeah. know, but, um, like working with Mishka helped get my name out quite a bit too. And like, that's when I first started casting uh i knew greg from like the scene and everything but i was like hey like i do this and then uh he and uh joel were like hey you should cast stuff for us you know we're going out to san diego and at the time i was like that's probably just because morgan doesn't want to do it you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know but at that time i was like oh man michigan's crazy this is awesome and then like i made all these things and i was like starting to calculate how much money i would make if all this stuff sold mm -hmm. and like this is me and greg and lamore and and like maybe one or two figures sold, you know, oh. and that would, Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. It's not, yeah it's, yeah. it's always, yeah. That's the thing at conventions. It's tricky, you know, yeah. cause it's like people really have, especially San Diego, like no one gives a shit about, mm -hmm. I mean, now they do more, but in a way I put myself in a place of like liking Marvel or star Wars and then seeing somebody like making some crafty shit. Yeah. You're just kind of like, yeah. You know, not yeah. not that I would be that way, but you know that there's a lot of people that are just like, so what? So you paint a Spider-Man like purple. I don't care. I could do that. You yeah. know, and I think, you know, I think conventions back then still had that. Not not yeah. that it was negative, but it was like it wasn't what people were really looking for. You know, so people are a lot more. People get it now. It's definitely part of like the. Coming on video cassette for those who remember. Remember what? For those who will never forget. I'll forget much. And for a whole new generation who will see it for the first time. <laughs> see what? Chicken, chicken burger disco. disco. Chicken burger disco. What is that? The VHS tape. Huh? It's like a VHS tape <laughs> plus action figure. <laughs> one and only time. Who puts a tape and a figure together? That's stupid. Available <laughs> soon. What do you mean available soon? When is it available? Soon. Okay. Maybe I do want one now. Like hipster Etsy kind of thing. Like yeah. people understand. Oh, what is what is your significant other do? You know, he makes action figures. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think that's you why know. designer con is so fun because it's like specifically, like there are parts of it that are just made for people to cut. Like you know why you're going there. I'm gonna pick up indie art. Like I'm not gonna go there to pick up Metacom or whatever. I'm not gonna do yeah, that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting to walk by the booths in there and just see like, I've seen tables like empty. They're like, oh yeah, people came and like mm -hmm. took care of it, which is awesome. But mm -hmm. I don't think that that would happen anywhere else. Yeah, no, totally. Because everyone goes there specifically. Yeah. Specifically for it. And I think it's probably, I mean, I, I know people travel in terms of uh, like exhibitors, but it's a decent, like if they were to have... It's weird because I've done five points or I've been to five points. Yeah. And um, it's different. I have friends that go that make resin and stuff. And I just say, you know, you got people like, um, uh, what's, what's their name? 
punk drunkards are there. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you see the line that's outside D, you know, or five points, they're coming for punk drunkers. You mm-hmm. know, like it doesn't, people don't take as many chances, I feel like, at five points on someone just making random stuff. I feel like yeah. decon people are so maybe it's West Coast people are just more friendly, you know, and they're kind of more open to it. Yeah. Here it was just like, oh, okay, so everyone's just here to get the, you know, exclusive Japanese vinyl thing. And then everybody else's stuff, like unless they know they can kind of like, you know, it it just seems yeah, I wouldn't get involved there. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it's like if I ever were to make something that was exclusive to that show or any show, it would just screw over the people that buy my stuff. You know, because mm. it would just like cut them out and then they'd have to go through like a secondary market, which never really interested me too much, you know? Yeah. Uh, when you started making all these things, uh, I'm assuming Dove starts coming around of this in that time period. You work with Dove or like work with conventions trying to get out there more in the very beginning? Yeah. I mean, now Dove, I'm trying to think when Dove came around. That's a th- weird thing. I always say like, you know, because D- Morgan was like part of Dove out of the gate. You yeah. Know? Like the story. I, I saw he did a bunch of episodes. I didn't listen to him. Mm-hmm. But did he, he did, talk yeah. about his whole story? The, yeah. <laughs> did he mention the box of stuff that like Dove just bought the whole box of figures that didn't sell or something like that? Um, was it the one that possibly had a tube sock in it? Or I'm was not it? Quite sure. Or the, but, he bought a bunch of stuff from. Uh, suck lord at one time and i yeah it came up in one of the episodes the later episodes yeah i think like dove i mean was really like like helping morgan's career mm-hmm. you know so when i came into dove's orbit which was later you know i think dove like didn't he doesn't want anything to do with one-of-a-kind things he likes mm-hmm. additions and stuff yeah. like that but when it, I kind of was like, oh man, this guy's cool. And you know, Dub out, you know, financially invests in projects and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man. But I just felt like, oh, he's he's with Morgan. Yeah. You know, like he's he's invested in Morgan. We've done stuff together, but I've never like Dove's like a really good friend of mine. Like I the only reason why I like going to Decon is really just to hang out with Dove. Yeah. You know, I could I could care less about the other stuff. I just get a kick out of him. Um and it was weird because I we would do stuff, but we don't we don't do that much stuff together because mm-hmm. I feel like the stuff that Dub represents really is a lot of stuff that comes down on the Morgan side of the family tree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like there's a card, there's it's saying something. It's it's kind of in your face a little bit more. And I was like, how do you put my stuff there? People are gonna be like, did, did he forget to write something on this? You yeah. know, or like you know. So I always felt like my stuff just doesn't match what what dke does you know i've done mm-hmm. stuff in the past like i did the suck up figure and that was great and i've done other stuff with them but in general i feel like my stuff is a little bit more quiet whereas dke i haven't looked lately but it's a little bit more loud stuff like stuff mm-hmm. um uh what's his name dollar slice is like a perfect example yeah. you know or like shocking and kind of like renegade kind of stuff where my stuff is more like quiet traditional toy yeah. making like there's weird shit in there, but it's like you gotta kinda unlock it. It's not mm-hmm. like like I don't do artwork on cards just because I wanna focus on the figure more. I mean, you know, I don't do cards because of that. You yeah. Know? Uh jeez. I it's so interesting to hear the early points. When you I'm interested, you did this, you just jumped into this and started doing it full time. And mm-hmm. you had and you said, like, how do I make five hundred dollars a week? 
and this is really early on in your toy making, mm-hmm. right? So like describe for me that panic, that fear that goes into like, all right, this is what we're doing. Like, what is that feeling like in that time? Um, it was weird. Like, you know, I had, I was working, making money and then I, I would go into work like I, I, all my jobs, like once this, I started doing this more, I'd say like, can I come in like extra early and leave early? Cause in New York, if you get out of work at five, like mm-hmm. you're screwed because yeah. everybody's getting out. So, you know, I'd say like, let me come in at seven and let me bounce at three. That way the train I'm home, I go home, lay down, sleep for 45 minutes and then go over to the studio. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i was doing this and it was great because i was making money at a job and then i was also had this other income that was starting to climb up a little bit so like it was weird it was funny because i the guy who taught me how to make molds he was kind of like like a manager were at the stone place too and it was weird we we some weird stuff was happening and he just like you know he's also like a jujitsu instructor too so yeah like um, I owe him like everything. And he, he kind of like, you know, there was some abrasion between the two of us and he was yeah. like, you need to not be here anymore. Oh. You know? And it was like this weird thing where he was kind of telling me in a way, like, you need to go and do what you need to do now, you know, and okay. stuff like that. It was weird. I, we had, you know, it was like stupid, you know, work shit where we were kind of like, you know, I was annoying him. He was annoying me or whatever. Yeah. But it was weird. Like he said it to me and I was like, man, I think this is like the second lesson you're giving me right now, you know? Yeah. And plus I don't want to get choked out, Yeah. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, but, um, yeah, that helped. And he was just like, just go. And the guy who I rent studios from was telling me too, he was just like, you can't think about this, mm-hmm. you know, you just have to do it. It'll work out, you yeah. know? And, and the most supportive was, uh, my partner, Ryan, uh, Ryan Sarah, she's, mm-hmm. she's she's she was just saying like, just go. I I got you. Don't worry. You know, like just go for it. You should do it, and don't worry. We're going to be okay, kind of thing. Yeah. So you know, I didn't have that much growing up. You know, like support from my family. So I was just, you know, I so therefore I wasn't really believing too much in myself. I'm like, oh, I'm going to screw this up. Yeah. I screw everything up, kind of thing. <laughs> but. uh yeah, I didn't screw it up so far. So <laughs> there we go. You, know? you made it. Yeah, yeah, I made it. So so far. Yeah, yeah look, mom, we're famous here. Um, <laughs> what's crazy too is it seems like there has been a shift in um, maybe because uh, I haven't been around for a crazy long time, but like a shift in your making. So you were mm-hmm. doing runs and all kinds of stuff. What's so funny as a pause, someone just poked their head around your corner just a little. That's Ryan. That's Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like there was a shift. At what point in your toy making career did you uh, maybe like leave the molding and casting more to go focus on other stuff like the shaman figures or like the wrestling figures or like uh, I have uh Man, what do I have? I have the Grape Raider, I think. How'd you know you at least wanted to go that direction, maybe? I think even from the beginning, like in 2002, I was just like, I need to have my stuff made. Mm -hmm. I want to have a produce, because at the time I wasn't casting. So it was like, it seemed like that made sense. And um, I think a lot of, it's hard to say now, but like Morgan and I know, because we like toys. Mm -hmm. So our dream is to like make real toys, you know? And it was weird because I think a lot of the makers have the same feeling 
but I was, I would always think sometimes like, what if the people buying my stuff like the fact that it's all handmade and Mm -hmm. that like having something produced is my dream, but it's going to take people that like the fact knowing that it's handmade and stuff and it's resin and stuff. What if it ruins it for them? You know? So it basically the first like production figure I did, I'm trying to think like was probably what Mishka, we did the cave guard together. And that was the first Japanese vinyl figure that they did. And I did We kind of worked on it together. Mm-hmm. It's not a great figure. The guy who was doing it at the time, like was just starting to learn how to do articulation. So it's like, all oh, one. I mean, <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm kind of into perfection. So I was like, yeah, oh, yeah it's done. Like I could make more, but I'm like, no, 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 you mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was cool because it was like, Oh, Japanese vinyl, you know, which was a cool thing. Um, and then, you know, wanting to make an action figure, it seemed like it's always been the same, you know, like even in 2001, it was always or 2002, like you got 10 grand, you know, you can do a Japanese, you can do a Chinese vinyl figure. It's like 10 grand. You can make a thousand and then make like four editions of 250 or, you know, five editions of 200. And it seems like it's a little bit more expensive now because of inflation, but that's basically the thing. So the whole thing was like, can I get like $10,000 that I can just throw at a project? And I always say to people, I'm like, unless you've actually made $10,000 extra by doing what you're doing with your hands, that's like the thing that tells you, okay, now maybe I should do this, Mm -hmm. you know? But it's like to just start and doing production right away, you know, I feel like you got to be sure because it's a lot of money to invest in something, you know, and yeah. resin is like resin's like panning for gold, you know, like all you got to do is put in the effort and you'll find it. You know, like I still, I still do resin because mm. of the fact I like it and I, I want to have a large, you know, like the star Wars wrestlers or I'm still hand making all them mm-hmm. because it's like, I'm not going to make a mold for every one of these things. Plus they're super, like they're just Star Wars heads. Like, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, that's you're kind of looking for trouble, you know. So the fact that they're all handmade and I can keep every month if I want to add a new figure, mm-hmm. it's not costing me fifteen thousand dollars like it would if I was making a steel tool, you know. Right. And then you have to wait a year to get everything ready and lined up and everything. So, but doing regular, like doing the Glio stuff or the Japanese vinyl is cool because I'll I'll look at what I've done in resin and what's popular and what I people keep asking for and then I'll convert those into either vinyl or injection mold, you mm-hmm. know, but it's like, that's like the shaman was really popular. So I was like, okay, like let me turn them into Japanese vinyl because I can't keep up with it by hand anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, and the, and the, it's a figure that people like it in different colors, you know? So that le- lends itself to, to vinyl, you know? And like with the Raiders, I didn't have any plan. I just wanted to make the figure. You know, I worked with Steve Geddes who sculpted it and he worked on the original Star Wars Kenner stuff. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders kind of like, you know, the Boba Fett with the Cobra Commander thing. But then I wanted to make sure I'm like, like, I don't know why people make steel tools for heads that already are a head. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to, if you're going to cut steel, like make it unique or like, don't do a skeleton. Like really? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's so many of those, you know, like design a helmet, design a weird head that will be yours and that, you know, so that's how I felt with the Raider, you know, and then in terms of keeping it going by painting it different colors, that wasn't what I was planning originally. It just ended up being the way I do them, you know, so, um, yeah, it's fun. I have another, 
I've tried to do a glios, a new glios, and a new vinyl every year. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm. This is the third year, so I have a new vinyl that's actually done. It's been done for a while. Probably going to release it next month, and then I'll have I have a new glios coming probably end of next month too. So yeah. that'll fit in with the whole raider assassin thing and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Since you've been in this scene since it's i guess almost since its inception of like what we know it as now yeah um what are some things that you've noticed that have just changed drastically because the scene is so big now compared to how you describe it yeah yeah it's really huge and like when i first went to toy tokyo like in terms of there was a case of stuff that people were making by hand Mm -hmm. you know and it was i don't know if you've ever heard of uh what they called toxic teddies Mm-hmm. There were these little resin, like bears committing suicide and stuff yeah. like that. Like those guys were there making figures out of resin, you know, before I even showed up, before Morgan was even a thing, you know, like, yeah, it's just a matter of this one, this scene kind of stayed a little bit longer or like a guy, Roy Miles, who's, he goes by ghetto Geppetto. Mm-hmm. He was actually doing production figures of stuff that looked like Kubrick's like over 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. It's, it's really kind of interesting in terms of not just people making figures, but people trying to produce their own stuff, you know? Um, But the thing now is just like, how many people do it? My thing is like, I said, like when I built models as a kid, like nobody else really built models. I had like one friend, this guy, Kurt, and he was all into like, you know, military history. There's always like, you know, a few like that. But I like it because it's like people are making stuff, you know, you know, there's that concept of like, oh, I got to put it together. Like that was kind of the thing. Whereas like, I built all my GI Joe toys as a kid. I've asked my friends, like, did your father build it? And they're like, yeah, my father used to put them together and put the stickers on. I was like, that's so weird. I used to do that as a kid. Yeah. You know? So I think just the fact that people now are just learning to use their hands, you know, I think is awesome. And if I have any part in that, like getting people inspired to do that, I just feel bad because I think it's like they should be able to enjoy it and not Mm -hmm. look at it so much as like a business out of the gate. You know, yeah. like I was doing, you know, like I said, like I, I made Star Wars wrestlers and then I didn't learn how to cast them until like six years later, mm-hmm. you know? So there was like a nice little period of like, I'm going to make something else new. I'm going to make something else new, you know? And then after having all this stuff, then you can look at, okay, that's going to be something I make a mold for. Yeah, You know, I feel like nowadays it's just like, I need to make something and I need to make a mold for it and I need to make it neon and I need to make it you know, change color and do all those things, you know, and and it's fine. I get it. You know, it's, it's hard to be like slower in the, in the world today, especially with like Instagram Mm -hmm. and people just sold out, you know, and and all that shit. And it's just like sold out. You didn't make enough dummy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like that's why I always said that just means because, you know, I did star Wars wrestlers and resin the first time through years and years ago, I did 25 of each of the bounty hunters and i was like okay i did them you know my friend bill you know bill mcmullen i was just like you know those star wars wrestler things like that's all you really need to do and i was just thinking like what are you talking about i already sold 25 boba fets like i'm done you know Mm -hmm. and now that i actually realize oh that's what people want not everybody knows what i'm doing out of the gate like i've i can't i don't even know how many boba fett wrestlers i've sold like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them all hand but done by hand so i think that's the thing like if you have something that's really popular don't 
where like if you want to make money doing it keep keep doing the thing that people like you know mm-hmm. what i mean and then slowly try other stuff but you'll realize like how you weed stuff out you know um and that's like the glios the figures or concepts of figures that i know people like and then i kind of take them from a kit bash that i did and then put them through steve geddes's hands and then they become something new but hopefully they're hitting those same things as oh that's boba fett with cobra commander's you know hood yeah you know like that's the basic thing but it's like add to it and try to pull people along you Mm -hmm. know um but i know like just casting glow dark skulls is a lot of fun too you know so yeah. i totally you know or, or buddha versions of whatever yeah. you know and stuff like that because not everybody is like some people just want something to just chuck on their desk and look at you know and stuff mm-hmm. like that you know so it's huge the scene the international scene is crazy like yeah i uh i've like fallen in love with the international scene a lot mm-hmm. um there's a guy in tehran that i bought oh, yeah. I bought work from and um, this is I've talked about this before on here, but it's like I don't know what it is in the back of my head. I view some of these places and I'm like, how do you get a backer mate? Like you guys have resin. Like it's such stupidity. Mm -hmm. But his backers are incredible. His toys come out immaculate. Um, I had an interview with someone in Israel. Mm -hmm. It's just really cool to see how it's spreading so drastically. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I think, like, I, and the people doing it in Spain, like, I'm just really, the paint that, the paint applications that come out of Spain for some reason, I'm just like, whoa, because it's super clean. It's like mm-hmm. what I kind of like, you know? Yeah. But um, that's the weird thing is that this is happening, but it's like, you talk to, like, guys who, like, do custom 12-inch figures. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's just as big if not larger of a scene that's been going on for even longer so i feel like this is kind of another version of that you know or like model builders you know like where it's mostly in asia and like eastern europe you know where people are just hardcore into it and they're making their own kits and their own detail packs and stuff like that so i think it feels that way i think the fact that like morgan and myself are known as doing it and we're like two new york people Mm -hmm. like involves this weird like Thursday night, 7 p.m. YouTube Live. It's Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. Toys Alive. There's way cool artist unboxing. Accounts under a thousand followers. Art out there for 30 bucks or less. Collector spotlight. Current upcoming shows and drops. Giveaways. Short chats with artists. News from the hood. 100% indie all the time. That's Toys Alive. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. PST, YouTube Live. You know, is it cool too? Yeah, know? but it's just like, yeah, just it's 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 kind of still just a hobby. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, not that it's. I mean, at this point, making toys. You know, you're a toy maker. But yeah, I think the rush towards being a business is the one problem. You know, but I don't think everybody is that way. I think some people just do their own thing mm-hmm. and notice that it's cool to be a person and make stuff. You know, like you don't have to be like a company, you know, yeah. you don't have to say that you're the president of, you know, your basement where right. you make stuff, you know, <laughs> but I, I get it. I get it though. Cause it's, uh, you know, I think because like I said, because it came out of New York, I think everyone's like, Oh, New York. So it's like the real deal, but it's just yeah. like Morgan and I are just two like geeky guys, you know, that, yeah, we live in New York, but I think everybody likes toys, you know? Um, and everybody has a lot of stuff in common about it. That's why this whole thing works. You know, mm-hmm. we're not, 
it's like we're coming up with new ideas, but they only work because everybody knows all the same stuff. You know, it's yeah. the combination. It's the combination of the things that everybody knows that you're like, ah, it's like a joke. You know, everybody knows English. Yeah. But people that can craft jokes out of the English language, you know, oh, it's a, that's enjoyable. You know, yeah. it's entertain. It's entertainment. You know, what did you do with this figure and that figure? Kind of stuff. You know, when you uh, first started, was there? I've heard tale of the early resin scene and how mm-hmm. it was like. I use that head. You can't use that head. Like very territorial about certain things. How real is that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was. I used to watch people fight. Like, uh, <laughs> well, Morgan and I see. Everybody else to me, like Morgan was like a guy who was doing something. Yeah. That I didn't think was, I mean, it's kind of like toys, but there's also like Michael Lau, Cause, yeah. Murakami, Nathan Jervish. I mean, everybody was doing toys. You know, Morgan and I happened to be people who worked in the realm of like found object toys. Mm-hmm. But all Morgan's early work was like horrible, like 90s figures, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. So I never felt like, my work was trying to be like Morgan's and, and I think it's, it's mutual. We're very different. I think after us, and I think because people came upon, like I knew Morgan as a person, you mm-hmm. know, I didn't know him as like an eBay listing or a website or anything like that. And I think it's yeah. the same with him. I think because everybody found out about maybe what we were doing via the internet, mm-hmm. that puts everybody else in a little bit different perspective you know so like the view of like can you use this or can't you use that i feel it's like that stuff started probably when like uh killer got involved you mm-hmm. know like because I, I always think like he's the one that kind of like brought it into like middle america mm-hmm. you know and stuff and kind of was like like i'm gonna it's kind of like i'm gonna do graffiti in illinois or something like that yeah. which at some point it wasn't being done and then somebody did it and then once that happened i think it opened up everything you know i mean there's weight there's waves of people that have made stuff way back and i'm just like God, whatever happened to those guys you know like there's yeah. been so many there's so many waves of it you know and each time i think the waves get larger you know uh but i think at the same time people are getting people are getting better at it too mm-hmm. you know so um in terms of like fighting over heads and stuff like yeah i don't know much i i see it you know yeah. there was like a, something like an argument over like a sweatshirt or something like yeah. that you know and i think that's just part of internet stuff too yeah you know and plus you know i'm a little bit older i mean i'm not as old as morgan but you know it's uh it's like a younger thing to get a little i i, I get it like if if someone like i had a thing with uh what's his name uh special ed you mm-hmm. know where he was like I don't know. I said, I like made a snide comment and he went like ballistic on me. He was saying like, I should die and all this stuff. And oh my like, gosh. It was crazy. Cause I'd like, I DM'd him. And I'm like, Hey dude, are you just doing this for like excitement or what? Yeah. You know? And he never got back. So I, I, I assumed he was honestly pissed off that I cracked a joke about like stranger things in star Wars, Yeah, you know, or something like that. But I feel like it's, it's not my thing, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. say much on, on on instagram for a reason you know yeah. uh because i know it's just gonna get people you're always gonna you know the more you say the more likely someone's gonna get upset about something or you know stuff like that so everyone's been pretty nice though for the most part you know yeah. i never had someone accuse me of like 
using something that I shouldn't have used or something that was theirs or stuff like that. I think it's like the little, like the, the lower tier guys that are trying to fight their way up to the top and, you know, cancel out people that they realize that they're on the same platform with maybe, you yeah. know, like I've never really felt like, you know, like I'm on my own thing. I feel like Morgan's the same way. Like Morgan's super generous and stuff like that. Cause he's not like, you know, he doesn't really feel threatened by other people's stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so to have, um, Stuck Lord's got a lore about him for sure. Mm-hmm. That's like, especially, uh, like what's it, you're an asshole for buying like all his stuff. And yeah. Yeah. Um, and the first time he came on, I was, it was, this podcast was very new and he was like, what's the point of this podcast? And I was like, Oh, oh to like bring, <laughs> to bring light to this world. And he like leaned into the camera and he was like, and they're going to get it from your podcast. Yeah. And it was like, it stuck with me and it helped like keep this going and my love and passion for this. But then when we spent, Jesus, we spent, I don't know, 10 or 11 hours (laughs) going over his life. Yeah. And we broke it. And by the end of it, um, he was so funny. He was like, yeah, you know, I was just busting your balls and like giving you a hard time or whatever but there was something underneath it and it just took time to like get past that rough scruff. Yeah, no, totally. Uh, he's super nice. Like yeah. we, you know, like I love hanging out with him and stuff like that. Cause like we go up to Vermont to visit like sidekick and we're like floating down rivers together and just doing all this weird like stuff. Like we don't, we'll go to like flea markets and look at toys, but it's really, we're not like, let's team up and make this crazy thing. Yeah. Or any, like, you know, I, at first I was like, is that what the relationship should be like you know because we're both these people and like we should do that but like i did a an online auction with him and that was fun because i was like oh this is cool man he's like we should do it more and i was like wait a second chill, this is like chill. maybe yeah. like no i was just like let's do this like four times a year otherwise people are going to be like all right enough you know kind yeah. of stuff but um but he's really nice he's so like he's very non-judgmental yeah and stuff like that and super honest and everything so and he's always been super nice to me you know like he had a little store in chinatown where he was selling stuff i remember when i was i had just left my job mm-hmm. and i sold stuff there and it was his audience so they were just like yeah like i don't care what it costs i'm buying it it's hot it's right you know and and like mm-hmm. i think i walked at like it was like 1300 bucks and he just handed it and i was just like holy cow you know like i was Jeez. like this is crazy you know and yeah yeah that's that's a generous person i think he's like yeah just give me a few figures so i can sell him the dove and we're good you know so he's always been that way about it you know um yeah. 11 hours huh it was something crazy we spent <laughs> enough time to walk through his life and like because each one, it feels like it was that long, and then you got to edit it all down. So I heard his voice a lot for a couple months. I take like a five-hour train ride with him every once in a while, so you know, <laughs> <laughs> it is cool. It's good to talk to him. He is—he's uh, got some like. I feel like we're just different people in general, and so it's really cool to hear his perspectives and things. And um, you—you you brought up the wave thing, and I. What's interesting is I—I I mean. At this point, so many people have stopped making toys or have started. It's really hard to like figure out the waves. Oh yeah, totally. Like yeah. from this way backwards. But I know that I'm a part of like the hey, we're stuck at home COVID wave. Oh, is that a thing? Okay. Yeah. Because cool. yeah. <laughs> there's so many people that like we were all asked to stay home and we were like, 
who's this guy that's making toys online? Let's do that. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's an interesting dynamic that like these waves come in and they are massive. Like they do keep getting bigger Mm -hmm. and a lot of them are staying. Like I stayed around for two years because I love doing this and making stupid stuff. And, um, but it's weird. I don't see as many people like that have fallen off. Maybe that started in 2020. Yeah. I mean, it's so early, but, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, So early. Yeah. Yeah, But, um, yeah, I think it's like, you don't have to, like, you're not quitting your job. Right. You know? And, and I think there was a rush to do that. I think like the rush to like say that, Oh, I don't have a real job. Like that was a thing for a while, you know, and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's competitive, Mm -hmm. you know, like basically the audience for this stuff is not massive. And, a lot of the audience becomes makers. So yeah. the I think the audience, for as much as it grows, it also is contracting because it's like, I'm just going to make my own shit now, you know? Yeah. And it's like, oh boy, you know, it's like there, there goes that, you know, 40 bucks or 70 bucks I was getting a month or whatever. So it is kind of competitive, but yeah, just stick with it. It doesn't, I'd like, don't go crazy trying to quit your job, you know, and stuff because as long as you have time, like I'm friends with, um, Andrew with green plastic tunnels, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's like a school teacher and it was weird because I was like, we're talking about making stuff and like, we talk a lot and I never really realized he's got three kids and yeah. he teaches. So I was just like, when I go to the studio, I'm like, if I got enough molds going, like I can make a lot of figures in a day. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, Oh, wait a second. Like by the time your kids are in bed, like you're only getting like maybe two rounds of casting in before you have to go to sleep and then wake up and stuff like that. Yeah. So being on your own definitely allows you to do more. Like I don't have any children, you know, and stuff like that. And my studio is like three minute walk from here. So I'm kind of able to do that. So that's another thing is like, make what you can for what you're able to do. Like don't mm-hmm. try to keep pace with like somebody like me because you know I've been doing it for so long Yeah. and I have a factory in Japan going and in China going and the studio, you know, but it's like, I got to that point, you know, 20 years. So like if you put 20 years into it, I'm pretty sure you, you could probably end up where I'm at, you know, but 20 years from now, you know, a lot of people don't want to hear that, but at the same time, if you enjoy doing it, what the hell else are you going to do? Like change and have a different hobby, you know, or something like that, you know? So it's just, you know, you got to put the hours in, you know, and, and just when you think it's like, this is it, it's never it. And that's good. You know, like, I was like, they had an article in the New Yorker in 2003. Mm-hmm. I had just started selling stuff and I was like, oh, that's it. Like, that's it. I'm good, you know? And it was just like, nope, you know? Or I was published in some book. That's it. Or I did an album cover in 2004. Yeah. And I didn't even get paid for it because he's like, uh, you know, it's just, it's a great guy, but he's like, yeah, but they don't give me money for that. I thought you'd just be happy to have it. And I was like, oh, man. All right. You know, like, yeah it's it's always every day gets a little bit better you know unless like you you break something in your studio by accident and you feel like crap it's usually a general uphill kind of feeling you know if you're doing it and stuff like that you know and i know it sucks to like try to sell shit and it doesn't sell the way you want it to or sell it all you know i've hit some duds for sure every time i try to do like a shirt or something that's not a toy i'm always like this is gonna be great and it's just always not great it's yeah. okay <laughs> it, it's okay but at the same time i'm like don't they like think that like a guy whose toys they've been buying for 
you know, over a decade, don't they want that t-shirt? And it's like, no, they just want your figures, you know? Yeah. You know? Some people want the t-shirts. I get that, you know? But, um, yeah, it feels good to like, to, you get better at doing bad the more yeah. you do it, you know? Cause you just realize, okay, I can't, it, they can't all be home runs, you know? And stuff like that. And it, you'll realize you go through periods too, where if like you're swinging and missing, it might last a couple you know, or something mm. like that. And it could just be something in the air, or, you know, people's budgets and stuff like that. Like with the economy stuff right now, it's like, you know, like a wrestler is like 70 bucks. Yeah. Like that's, that's like a large bill, you know, that's like a decent size thing to, to have a, like an annual subscription, you know, like if Rogan charged $70 for a month, yeah, like people, people be like, that's too expensive. But if I'm doing Star Wars wrestlers and if you're buying it every month, that's 70 bucks a month, you know, it's, it's a significant amount of money. You know, I, I don't buy stuff like that myself, you know? So, yeah, I always, I think about that a lot. And I talk about that cause it's, it reasonably, it's the same hundred dollars that gets passed around sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, um, every once in a while we get lucky and someone from the outside throws in a couple bucks to make it higher. But I always think about, um, there's a lot of art that I think is incredible but I don't own it because I don't know that I want to spend 80, a hundred, 200 bucks on something. And it's, yeah. it's like a, it's weird in, cause in my life or like in my own head, it's like, man, I don't know that I want to spend that, but then I'm hoping that someone will spend that on mine. Mm-hmm. And so it's this weird balance of if I don't want to, how many other people don't want to do that? Yeah. Luckily it's, you know, it's a larger audience and stuff like yeah. that. And, and, and the thing is, is just to do it, to do it because it's like, no matter what, if that photo is on Instagram, nobody can take that away from you. That's your right. thing, you know? And that's the way I felt like, uh, like I like the grateful dead. And I was always just like seeing the similarities. What, you know, I'm kind of like a road. I'm like, I'm constantly working, yeah. but I can do it. You do it all from home, you know? So it's kind of like, release like i don't keep one of everything you know like mm-hmm. the production stuff i do but like the resin editions i'm just like now nah, just let it go let it go i can't keep everything and it's just like it's like playing gigs you know like i played that song again i don't remember how i played it but it worked for then yeah. and it just extended me to get to the next week or the next month and stuff like that so it's just like it's enter- you're entertaining people and yeah. a lot of the entertainment is just seeing this stuff you know some people want to hang on to it you know, and that's cool. People that want to buy stuff, but the majority of people just look, you know, like, you know, if I get a thousand likes on something, I've never made a thousand of anything. You know, super seven figures was like a thousand and took forever to sell, you know, but it's like, it's not, you know, a couple, if I could sell a couple hundred, you know, Raiders, whatever, that's awesome, you know? Um, but then again, it's like the price, I wanted the price to be lower because it's like people will spend 25 bucks. Like it's nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to make sure like people don't think that everything I do costs 70 bucks. Cause that's not for everybody for sure. Yeah. You know, but, um, as long as you just keep going, I think that's the main thing, you know, cause it's like some people will think you're the greatest at it, even though maybe you don't sell as much as somebody else. You don't have as many followers. You will be someone's favorite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or just think of the way I always think about, like, I love music and like, yeah, obviously the Beatles, you know, but it's like, what does that mean? Like, I don't think that like Black Sabbath are absolutely the best too, you know? So it's like everyone's doing their, hopefully doing their own thing, 
you know so it's like there's so many great bands that i honestly say are the best so i think it's it should be the it should be seen the same way with people making stuff with their hands you know you can't compare everything to like what morgan's doing or what i'm doing or stuff like that you know because there's a lot of good stuff out there you know when you look at the toy scene from what it was where it is now where do you see it heading do you see it keep growing end up imploding and just shutting down um i think as a cool thing Mm -hmm. it's gonna it's gonna start pulling back a little bit Okay. Maybe because you know it's it is it's become like a thing of just like it's pretty trendy. Yeah, you know. But in terms of like people that love toys, that's always been a thing. Before mm-hmm. I was, you know, before Morgan and I were even born, you know, people have been collecting their figurines and stuff. So that's why I feel like with my audience, I don't, you know, I'm trying to get to the guys that just collect like Star Wars or science fiction or are interested in Ralph McQuarrie stuff, and you yeah. know, like I don't. I like the other stuff, you know, make it neon or pink or whatever. I get that. But what I came from is like, I only buy licensed stuff, like either vintage or like current, like, like Japanese Star Wars stuff, because I love like real toys. And I know that that's the real market. That's Comic-Con, you know, and stuff. not saying it's great, but if I can get some guy that only collects real Star Wars stuff to get into wrestlers, like that's my goal. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to like someone that just wants like a neon colored thing because it's like part of something that's happening now, which is good. But my my guess is that that stuff is going to, you know, it's a trend. It'll go away. I mean, I've seen so many trends in toys rise and fall. You yeah. Know? Like Pete Fowler used to be like the bee's knees, you know, and it's just weird to me because he still has a great career. He's a painter and stuff like that. But in terms of people liking that style of figure, that's not the case anymore. And resin used to be like, like hated, mm-hmm. you know? And it was just like, Oh, it's resin. Like who cares? You know? And now it seems like there's like a love for it that there never was. But I also feel like not that it'll go away, but it'll, it'll slowly fade a little bit, you know? Yeah. But I feel like in terms of science fiction characters though, that's always going to be a thing, you know? So I always, my advice is like, you know, I've told Morgan before, just like, you know, people collect, our stuff because they already have all the star wars figures mm-hmm. so just think about that you know like they don't necessarily want something that's crazy crazy they just want something else that's going to fit in the world that they're already connected to that's the majority of people i feel that collect toys you know yeah but you don't want to scare people away too much you know yeah my but, yeah i've fallen in love with uh creating furby knockoffs now oh cool okay yeah, and yeah, i yeah. have no idea why they're so stupid and ugly and i love furbies no it's cool i mean it's appropriate you're you're younger so yeah. that's the thing like that makes sense it's like yeah i get cute like i did the the nugget thing mm-hmm. early on like this weird duck nugget and now like nuggets are like a huge thing i'm gonna be in that show that oh, Dan awesome. was doing and stuff yeah, yeah. and it's just funny because it's like yeah we all saw that stuff you know and it might not sell as much you know but if you like it and you think there's something there for sure you know and i like that like 90s people are doing 90s stuff that i i don't i remember seeing it but i wasn't collecting at that time you know like i kind of stopped having toys in 87 when i was 10 okay so like and never picked them back up oh now now i do but yeah, yeah i mean with mcfarland when i was like 
late nineties, I was like looking at like what McFarlane was doing with the metal gear solid figures. And mm. I was like, Whoa, like this is pretty, this is pretty cool. You know? Uh, and it felt like models a little bit too. But, um, yeah, after like GI Joe, the movie, I just kind of was like into, you know, into drawing and just building models and stuff like that, you know? And it's weird too. It was 10, you know, which isn't, you know, I, I wasn't someone collecting toys in high school, you know, which I know is pretty common, but that wasn't me, you know? Yeah. But I don't hear too many stories about people that made that jump. Like once they usually encounter sports or girls, toys kind mm-hmm. of take a nosedive in their life. And I don't really encounter that many people that just kept going. Yeah, there's a, I mean, Morgan was like, when he talks about the toys he was into, I'm like, wait a second, you're eight years older than me. Like, how old were you when you were collecting yeah. that? You know, like, <laughs> like he, he was, he was always into, I always would go to the toy aisles. Yeah. You know, and look around because it was always like, you know, at like a department store or whatever. Like it was always cool to look at. And I'd always look. And I still do that now, yeah. you know, but um, yeah, it's interesting. I th- And I also think like, for me, it's similar. Like most of the figures I make are male, you know, most of the time you're just designing the way they look. And I mm-hmm. feel like maybe during like adolescence, high school, it's kind of like you're making a figure of yourself because you're trying to like fit into like, yeah, like, you know, like I was trying to be like, I played sports because I wanted to be, I wanted to have like a varsity jacket you know, or like have these kind of sneakers or cargo, you know, like that stuff like that is very similar to designing characters to me, you know, like I still like clothes and like characters and uniforms and stuff like that. And I think that's really what a lot of toys are, you know, it's just like, it's the same form. It's just like, what color is it? And what can you tell about that character based on what it's wearing or stuff like that, you know? So maybe in high school, like I was just making myself you know, <laughs> trying yeah. trying to make myself into a cool character or something. You know? <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I don't remember. Uh, I remember stopping toys, and then I didn't pick them back up for a very long time. And it was, mm. it wasn't huge. Like I didn't have. I grew up in the '90s, but I had like I had the toy lines that came then, and then Power of the Force Star Wars. So not even the mm-hmm. good Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when this came out and I was kind of like, I guess I'm going to get these. And then like people, I was like working at a mall and like some mm-hmm. of the people were like, it was weird. People always knew I was into that stuff and they would buy me like, here's a Star Wars keychain. We know you like it. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> okay, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was an interesting time in the late nineties with all that yeah. stuff kind of coming back. And it was weird because it was like, yeah, where was it? You know, and now it's just never goes away, you know? Yeah. Uh, hey. Yeah. Dude, thank you so much for coming on Toys on Tap. And yeah, my pleasure. Thanks talking, for the invite, man. Yeah, talking all about everything that of who you are and like the toy scene. It's always incredible to hear someone that has gone through this whole from beginning to end. Um, well, hopefully not end, Jesus. Um, but yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> the yeah, the last part of the podcast for each episode, I love it for the artist to plug whatever you've got going on, whatever you want to share, where we can find you. So okay. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm Healy Made at Healy Made. Um, I just I got stuff coming up. I got three three Star Wars wrestlers molds I just made. So I got one new person and two reissues coming up. I got a new Glios coming out probably end of November if they ship it in time. And I have a new uh, Safubi I did with Gargamel. That's like pretty cool. Uh, and that'll probably I think I'm going to release that for like probably Decon because it's uh 
I designed it, so it seems appropriate. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's about it, dude. Wow. You cannot wait to see those toys. Mm-hmm.